0: Yeah, I'm a blue-collar guy, Ken. Blue-collar guy. (laughs) My uniform gets dirty, I come home and I wash it myself.
1: Alright, hello and welcome to Episode 9 of Monument Talk, presented by Pinstripe Alley and SB Nation. It is July 31st, the last day of the trade deadline. Wednesday, and the Yanks just beat the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, as always, we are your hosts, Kenny Crocker and Matt DeMeo. Hey, what's up, everybody? So this is our Roger Maris episode, episode nine. Don't need to go in too deep on Raj. I think we all know who he is, but uh, played from he had that number nine from sixty to sixty six for the Yankees. Uh, also, they had sixty one homers and sixty one, as everybody knows. But the year before, he had. Um, 39 homers in the year after, 33, and nowhere near that in any other season. So, great movie, 61, with the... I forget the guy's name that plays Mickey Mantle. He's also in Hung on on HBO. His
0: name is Thomas Jane. Yeah, Thomas
1: Jane. (laughs) And
0: uh, uh, Roger Maris is played by Barry Pepper. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, And I believe uh, Roger Maris also won MVP in the year 1960.
1: I think he did. So, some other Yankees to wear, number nine. Joe DiMaggio wore it in 1936. Cool, Joe. Um, Charlie Keller, who was a left fielder from 39 to 49, wore it for the Yanks. Uh, his nickname was King Kong, and uh, <laughs> he was just some Italian guy. So his name. There's a quote in 1939. The Yanks promoted super prospect that kept out of the minors for a few years. His name was Charlie Keller, a short five foot ten, but powerfully built outfielder with eyebrows that had been borrowed from a passing lowlands gorilla. Lefty Gomez said that Keller didn't look like he'd been scouted. He looked like he'd been tracked. Greg Nettles, 73-83, playing third base. Uh, Didn't realize he had the nickname Puff. I didn't know that either. Which is pretty cool. Greg Nettles, 390 career home runs. And then just a bunch of random people for like a year here and there. Just a bunch of cool names too. Hank
0: Workman. In fifty,
1: <laughs> Dick Simpson in sixty nine, George Hartley uh, McQuinn, his teammate's called a Mac in forty seven and forty eight.
0: Sound like creative players. This right is yeah. all
1: real. Tuck Stainback <laughs> <laughs> in
0: forty four,
1: and the coolest one in uh, nineteen thirty, Bubbles Hargrove. <laughs> of course, really cool old baseball names.
0: Was um, for Nettles? Th- was that the number that he wore? <laughs> is that the only number he wore for the Yankees? I Think so. I do not know. I never knew that. That's a fun fact.
1: So, on to the news topics of the day. Uh, obviously, the Yanks didn't do anything at the trade deadline, um, at least on a major league level. And the Astros picked up Granky, which sucks. I mean, to be fair, Granke had a no-trade clause to the Yankees and a, a long list of teams. Houston wasn't on the list. Not that he couldn't get traded to those teams, but it would have been harder. Houston also picked up Aaron Sanchez and Joe Biagini. Yeah. Why be Aladdin when you can be a genie? <laughs> yeah. Um, so now, what you're looking at for the Astros, if the Yanks were to play them, ALCS, whatever it is, we're looking at Verlander, Granky, Cole, and Miley, who, in that order, have ERA wise fourth best in MLB, eighth, tenth, and thirteenth. All of them are Miley has the worst at three, uh, just over three. Yankee starters on the hand. We got uh, Herman Paxton, CC, Tanaka, Hap. And the lowest is Herman with 408. And that's 38th in the league, and nobody else is even close. They're more like in the 60s and 70s. So Cashman said that the Yankees didn't get close to anything in terms of adding pitching helps, says there were no fair trades that he saw. And apparently, there was a dead end they went to where uh, they were talking to the Mets about, or the Mets tried to flip Stroman to the Bronx. In exchange for Florial and Davy Garcia, and the Yankees said no, which I kind of get. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no problem with turning that trade down, but not great to, uh, you know, especially the way the starting pitch is getting beaten up the last week or two to go in the trade deadline, especially when there's no like extension into August for another that other trade deadline, and it just picked up nothing.
0: Yeah, um, I think it was. I th- one, I think it was a super weird trade deadline where like Pui got traded for <coughs> Trevor Bauer to the Reds who are not in any kind of hunt. Mm-hmm. The Mets were the Mets and went and got Marcus Stroman um, <laughs> no for kind of no reason. Like maybe, I think he's under arbitration for next year, so maybe... He's got one more year under control. Cool, so like maybe one more year there, but they're they're still the Mets and they're kind of like...
1: I think I feel like five games out of the wild card spot with like seven teams ahead of them, but they're in fourth in the NL East.
0: Okay, so like, yeah, one those are weird. Those are weird trades to begin with. Um, And then with Granky, like you said, it seems like he wouldn't have waived his no trade to go to the Yankees, which I kind of get. I've like I feel like I've read that um, Granky's kind of a wacky guy. Yeah, like not the best. Like. I don't think the mentality would have been there to pitch in New York, um, as it's been in the past with other um, uh, players and pitchers. Um, and then, like, I'm reading a lot just on Twitter and articles that are coming out that, like, did the Yankees just ruin their chance at a title by not picking anybody up? Which, to me, sounds pretty crazy. Like, yeah, the Astros staff is loaded. Yeah. Um, but the Yankees are still 29 games over 500, and I believe have the third best record in baseball with the, with the team that they have already. And if everything goes well, Batansis comes back in the next few weeks. Severino shouldn't be far behind him. Stanton's, so I, I mean, Very I nice. feel like I haven't heard much about Stanton, but like, if he shows up in September, like, then he should be like that gives him a month to get ready for get ready for the playoffs if all still goes well and the Yankees are still in the playoffs, which I believe they will be. And then it's kind of like so you're reading that it's like, oh, the Yankees were in on like we're talking to the Mets about Wheeler, we're talking to the Diamondbacks about Robbie Ray, like I think the narrative very easily could have been like, Oh, the Yankees just traded their top three prospects for Robbie Ray, who's a fourth yeah. starter. Yeah. So like Sure, maybe Cashman was a little too patient, but I don't think that the top end starter that the Yankees really wanted was there for them to get. Even Trevor Bauer, like yeah. Trevor Bauer is, I, I believe he's come on strong a little lately. Outside of him throwing the ball into the stands, he's um, a, he's a big time psychopath. Yeah, huge, and he's a huge nut. You don't so, want him like, on the Yankees, and it, and it seems like he's a guy that comes into a Yankee clubhouse that like seems like it loves each other. And just kind of throws a wrench in it. And he may not have. I I, I don't know. We'll we'll never tell. But people are kind of bashing Cashman. (laughs) Bashing Cashman. Wow, that's cool. (laughs) Um, Throw that on a t-shirt. For not doing anything. Of course, it's disappointing that they didn't get anybody. But I'm not sure. Like The narrative could be completely different. If they get Robbie Ray for... Frazier Florial and Davy Garcia. And Davy Garcia looks like he's an absolute stud that yeah. could actually help this team in September. And if he pitches well in September, what's to say he doesn't come up with a pitch in October? Yeah. Every single team asked about Davy Garcia, and they—it was just yeah. He's he in like AAA. It's not yeah. like he's a guy that's like, oh yeah, he's four years away, but we're super excited about him. Like, it's pretty new to AAA too. To, yeah, he's flown up the system all um, this
1: season. So, and I think he's short. He's like five. Like eight, maybe ten. Hate short
0: guys. Um, hey, I'm five
1: <laughs> eight too. I, think, I love it. Gives me some hope that I still got it in
0: me. So uh, disappointing. Yes, do I think? But I, I think it might have been the right move by Cashman, where he said like, if he wanted to go get a, a like a top end guy, he would have got fleeced. And we're not even sure if there were yeah. top end guys for him to have. So people want to make trades just to make trades, and I mean. I've been saying this for uh, for a while now, but like Brian Cashman and his staff, they're pretty goddamn good at their jobs. Yeah, look at guys that are making impacts, like DJ. Who won? Who? Yeah, DJ LeMahieu won. Who like still had great numbers, but like look at guys who guys that just made impacts on the win today. Mike Talkman. Mike Talkman, the sock man. Exactly. Who the hell was Mike Talkman? Austin Romine, who's a backup catcher. Gio urshela has got 11 home runs this year. Um, and he's had eight career home runs, and he's 27 years old. So, like, pretty sure Brian Cashman knows what he's doing and is a lot smarter than the dopes (laughs) that are saying that the Yankees might have just ruined their season. Because if they were as smart as Brian Cashman and his staff, they'd be doing the job that Brian Cashman currently has. So, disappointing, yes. Don't think it's the end of the world. It's confusing.
1: I mean, I think after Stroman went to the Mets, it, kind of shut down the door. Like you're saying, there wasn't that much to go for. I wanted no part of Trevor Bauer being on the Yankees. They they have a really good chemistry, kind of similar to 2017, feels like kind of 2009 also. And everything you've heard about him in the past, just kind of being a, a weirdo in, in the clubhouse and like not getting along with people. He doesn't really know how to interact with them. It's like, you just don't really need that energy for somebody who's going to give you a good, a solid start every few days. Um, and then throw the ball into the stands. <laughs> yeah, he's just a different
0: dude. <laughs> he's a different
1: guy. Um, but then, yeah, the, I mean, like, obviously, as of late, starting pitching's been getting lit up, and it's been the Yankees' Achilles heel all, in the last few seasons. But, I mean, even with all that, they're still the you know second-best team in the AL. They have a 9.5-game lead on the Sox, who are actually right now getting crushed by the Rays in the 7th 8-2, so that could be a 10-game lead. So it's like what you know. Obviously, not the end of the world, not ideal, but like the Yanks are still have they have the same team they've had all year, and they're still they're still winning games.
0: Yeah, and I think um, I think Tanaka's numbers can be a little a little deceiving, where he's had two like the the London start where he gave up six runs in the first inning, and I don't think he got anybody out, and they pulled him. That ruins your ERA. And then the same thing with Boston Boston last week. uh, where he had a really tough out. I think he gave up seven runs in the first inning, wound up pitching four. But I think Tanaka's a big-game pitcher. Like, if yeah. you want – like, when you really need a win, you throw Tanaka out there, and he's he, and he's going to keep you in the game or give you something. Um, okay. So I think he's the guy that starts game one, um, and then hopefully at that time Severino's back. And, like, you still got guys that got a ton of talent. Like, Paxton, if Paxton can figure out his first inning crap, like, then yeah. he's he's got, I think he's got the worst first inning ERA. Yeah, his first inning numbers are terrible. And then, uh, I think it's, like, second through six, he's got, like, the 10th best ERA yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, the talent is there. They just kind of got to put it together. And then, like... And then guys like CC, where it's like, yeah, I trust CC to go out there, and pitch four innings, and hand it over to the bullpen, yeah. and keep the Yanks in the game, like short leash. Yeah, I just think it's I th- I think it's crazy that the Yankees just lost the World Series on what's today, July thirtieth at <laughs> yeah. four p.m. Like, I mean, the, that's insane.
1: The Astros getting cranky not great mm-hmm. because that was the only team that I'd be worried about the Yankees facing in really in any in any series. A, at, DSCS, or the World Series. like I just don't really think there's a team, including the Dodgers, that really poses that much of a threat to the Yankees outside of the Astros. Every time the Yankees play them, even regular season, I'm always like, oh, God, this isn't going to be good just because they can hit the cover off the ball and they have just unreal starting pitching, and now it just got even better.
0: I think home field really, really matters.
1: Yeah, it does. I think Um, it's really going to matter. I mean, that yeah, that's the thing to push for coming down the stretch. And, well, Dombrowski had this quote, which is actually the only win of the day, is that he said that Sox didn't really go try to make any deals because he admitted that they don't really have a realistic chance to win the division, which is not really a win, but I'll take it as one. But uh, nice to hear (laughs) that that lack of confidence, because after Yanks getting crushed against the Sox a couple days ago, you know, pulled out that win in, in the fourth game, which was huge to kind of stop the bleeding. But like, if they had lost that game and got another four-game set about to start, get swept in that, you know, unluckily if that happens, like, that picks up a lot of games and the Red Sox aren't out of this, so.
0: Yeah, um, absolutely.
1: It could go the other way. Now they're at home, Yanks could sweep and go up 14 games on the Sox and pretty much bury them.
0: Absolutely, and I think that that's the difference between last year's team and this year's team, where um, it actually happened the same week, and I remember, because I was on uh, vacation uh, out east on Long Island, and the Yankees got swept last year, and they just got their asses kicked. And then this year they come back and, and win that, that last game in Fenway, which is a really, really big win. Like, that's a team that good teams – that's a game that good teams win. Mm-hmm. And I think the Yankees are a really, really good team, whereas last year it's just kind of like not roll over and die, but kind of like you just see who the Red Sox were last year and everything went their way. And that kind of, I think that kind of has to. and I'm not taking anything away from the Red Sox from last year, but that's just kind of what happens with teams that win championships. They need things to go their way. And then the Yankees kind of like winning that fourth game in Fenway was deflating where it's like, yeah, you listen to, I listen to stuff and read stuff about it where it's like, it's almost like the, the Red Sox didn't win the first three games the yeah. way they did because the Yankees won that last one. Still
1: left the series
0: down nine. Yeah, ex- exactly seven. Which and is... then and then still only and up eight against uh, the Rays, which is two really really good numbers to mm-hmm. be on July thirty first. Yeah, um... and then even like I'm sure we'll get to the Minnesota series, but like that's a series that they easily could have got swept. They were just getting their asses kicked. And somehow they won two games. Yeah. And even today, even today, the Yankees have looked flat the past two, past two games. Roman hits a big home run, home run late to take the lead. Then they tack on a few more. So it's just kind of like, this team's figuring ways out to win, even though guys continue to get hurt, which sucks. And like, hopefully that stops. And these guys all come back by September and have enough time to get ready for um, that October run.
1: Speaking of that, Twin series. That game, the 14-12 and 10 and the 10th inning game was outrageous. I fell asleep before because the Yanks weren't really in the game and it was starting later because it was Minnesota. Uh, it was a bummer to miss it, but catching the highlights in the morning was just outrageous. Watching like what was happening, I was screaming in my bed watching the, <laughs> watching the highlights on my phone all ending with that Hicks diving play, which we'll get to in a bit, so we don't need to step on it now.
0: Yeah, it was insane.
1: So... Other bad news today is uh, Luke Voigt out with a sports hernia. Uh, He had that big hack in the game yesterday against Arizona and then was like grimacing, and they're not sure if he's going to need surgery or not, which isn't great, obviously. And now the IL becomes where you're starting to feel like we were kind of getting over that bump of it was just like all season dealing with the injuries, like starting to get past it. And now you look at what's on the IL. it's Voigt. Who might you know? If he has surgery, going to be out for you know this season. They said they yeah. said six
0: weeks on the on the broadcast yeah. today.
1: Sanchez, uh, CC, Sevi, Del, Gardy, Hale, Stanton, Andahar, and DJ, who's probably going to be back. I don't the think Boston.
0: DJ's on the IL. He's not on the IL. He's, like he's
1: missed what three or three or four games. Yeah, they gave maybe.
0: him. They talked about it on the on the broadcast. <laughs> they said that they gave him. I'm not sure. I didn't. I didn't catch much of the Boston series, but O'Neal was. Excuse me. O'Neal was talking about it, um, last night that because they had off Monday, right? Yeah. Monday yeah. and tomorrow, Thursday. Um, we're recording this on Wednesday night. They, they gave him these two days off just so he had that long stretch to get right for, uh, the Boston series. So it seems like he's going to play and, uh, play in the yeah. Boston series.
1: It's just looking at it's the enormous. list. It's it just your- doesn't stop. It's your power-hitting starting first baseman, your almost uh, AL Rookie of the Year last year, third, starting third baseman. you got three starters on there, CC, your ace, Seve, and Monty, who might be dead. I haven't heard anything yeah. about him in forever. Your starting catcher, power-hitting, then your setup man in Dylan Gardy, your veteran outfielder. It's just like it, Stanton, obviously. Yeah, after, like NL, NL MVP, K-Mien, 38 K-Mien.
0: home runs, 100 RBIs last year. I and played sixteen.
1: games. I can't remember who I mentioned at this point because there's so many of them. But it's it's crazy. And, you know, talking about the trade deadline is like if these some of these players yeah. come back, it's like, okay, well, we just picked up a lot of – Yeah. Yankees just got a lot of new acquisitions. Absolutely. So, you know, in a sense, it's like their trade deadline It still could happen. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Great. And, like, if the Yankees just continue to maintain – where it's like it's been a tough, probably I want to say two weeks, ten days, but I still think that the Yankees probably went seven and nine in those games. Maybe the think, last week, yeah. Um, from I think it was a little less than that, but like still, that's a it's a bad ten days. But yeah, a, a lot of teams go. They're actually four or four and six in the last ten. Four and six. Okay, so a lot of teams go. I don't know, two and eight, one and nine. So the Yanks continue to maintain. So as long as they maintain and keep getting these guys back, like I also believe that their um, schedule in September is really really easy. Um, Like they're done playing with they're done playing the Rays, except for I think they have two games left. So yeah, September they play the Rangers at home, the Sox
1: at home, four games set. They play Tigers in Detroit, Blue Jays and. Toronto, they play the Angels at home, they play Blue Jays at home, they're in Tampa, they're in Texas, and they're done.
0: Yeah, so it's not...
1: Not the easiest, not the worst.
0: Yeah, so, and I think they got, I think they have some, I think they still have to play the Orioles a couple series maybe this month, so it's not the toughest schedule. I feel like they've gone gone through that gauntlet of a schedule. I mean, these past 10 days of um, Minnesota, then the Sox, and then... Now playing the Sox again. It's not not the easiest, but just kind of hold serve, keep figuring out how to win games, and hope the reinforcements continue to come, and that the reinforcements have enough time to get ready for October.
1: Speaking the Orioles in August, the Yankees play them seven times, which is the Yankees play
0: the Orioles seven times. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. That's that's fantastic. Yeah.
1: Um, Speaking about knock on wood, actually, but they also in August have a pretty uh, pretty long. West Coast trip Really playing the A's Who have been playing Out of their minds Of course they have Then three against The Dodgers And yep. then three against The Mariners Tough Speaking about Holding server Reminded me Did you see that kid Kid who won the mm-hmm. uh, Fortnite Like world championship Yep 16 and won
0: 3 million dollars He won 3
1: million dollars Tiger won like 2.5 Get the Masters. paid Ken it's big business And Joker won For Wimbledon Like 2.9 This kid's 16 Playing video games Won 3 million dollars Big business Ken Unbelievable and then the last note on of uh, news here—it's not even news—you just wrote it down—is Mel Stademeyer named his boat Mo in the Ninth? <laughs> oh yeah, they
0: were talking about whenever Mo went into the Hall of Fame. I guess that was two weeks ago. We've been a been away for a while. Yeah, um, they were talking. Maybe it was Cone or somebody said it that um, that he just had a great. They were talking about Mo and then the relationship he had with Mel Stalemeyer and Mel Stahlmeyer kind of like helped bring him up um, and just what a great relationship they had and that. So they started talking about Mel, and then mentioned that Mel's boat that he would go out on often was called Mo in the Ninth, which I thought was just a sweet name. Yeah, that is a sweet name. That's all. That's all I really got on. It's yeah. just a little tidbit that um, some people may have may have missed. My dad also texted me, not texted me. My mom texted me. My dad doesn't have a cell phone.
1: I think I, um, I would name my boat Scott Brocious. There you go. That's a, You guys want to go take a ride on Scott So it looks like
0: 40 years ago on Friday when this comes out will be the 40th anniversary of Thurman Munson's death. Oh, yikes. Yeah. Dark. Dark, but I mean, gotta mention. Yeah, you're right. Thurman. Um, Everybody speaks. I mean, people talk about Thurman Munson the way our generation talks about Derek Jeter. Yeah, and... uh...
1: On that bright note, we're gonna take it into. <laughs> Jeez,
0: God, Ken,
1: real good, Matt. Ken, uh, can't handle the heat. The AC's off. The AC is off. Ken's it's starting a, to lose it. A, it's another hot one here. Yeah, uh, man, uh, we're gonna take a quick break and come back with some questions about whether Matt would or would not trade Aaron Judge. Miss you, Thurms.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. And we're back with today's guest, Joe Be a Genie. Just kidding. <laughs>
1: uh, Joe Be a Genie, come on the pod. Um, but we are back with uh, Trade Judge or, which is our weekly category. We asked Matt, um, a would you rather question where one of the options is would he trade Aaron Judge? So this week's question comes courtesy of uh, Meg, my girlfriend. Um, okay. So she had a question for Matt, and it is. And um, congrats on your girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, things, things are pretty go- doing pretty well. Uh, <laughs> so i doing the podcast from a kitchen table, but I have a girlfriend. <laughs> you hear that? Uh, Look at me now, Jan. Shout, shout out to all the girls who broke up with me in middle school. So this one is, uh, would you trade Aaron Judge tomorrow if it meant that for the rest of your life you get a private jet at your disposal?
0: Ooh, that's a good one. Matt and the PJ. I've never never actually been on a private jet, so they may suck. <laughs> <laughs> be
1: honest, I've never been on one either. They might be terrible.
0: Could be the worst, which doesn't seem that way.
1: It's no Boeing seven fifty seven like we learned the one yeah, that, exactly. the one that Mo has. Real spacious.
0: Um that'd be really nice. <laughs> at my disposal? Yeah. You can you can park it at whatever airport you want. <laughs> park it on the roof of our all walking apartment. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it over in Teeterboro? That's a tough one. Be really, really nice. Can private jets like <laughs> like fly? Yeah, can private jets even fly? Um, I don't know. Can private jets like? Do they go like New York to Vermont, or can I go to like New York to Hawaii? Or like, I know I don't think that's a real thing. I, I think, think you'd like, have
1: to. You probably stop to refuel somewhere. Yeah, I'd say you can probably get across the country. And you're talking to a guy who's never been on a private jet, yeah, but you're knows, really but knows a lot, here, but knows a lot about jet God. fuel. God. I know a lot about jet fuel. Um, it's like you look work
0: for Wheels Up. You're really selling <laughs> me here. Um, no free ads. Wheels Up. Judge's yeah. been a little bit of a slide lately, too. Yeah, yeah, he's had a tough run. But I'm not a judge. Wow. Yeah. I mean, oh. yeah, I'm a blue-collar guy, Ken. Blue-collar guy. Hey, Matt, uniform you're... gets dirty, I come home and I wash it myself.
1: Calling see Mr. you, coach. Calling Mr. DeMayo. We'd like to uh, yeah. bump you up to first class. Now I'm good back here. <laughs> I'm good back here, toots.
0: <laughs> Whoa, come on. Yeah, I'll take my free pretzels, and wow. uh, I'll see an in economy. Wow. Aisle on the way there, window on the way back. That's my move. <laughs> sometimes i uh sometimes i buy myself delta comfort on the way back depending on the trip
1: you got that leg room
0: yeah man a big guy
1: man i just took my first first class flight this weekend Ooh, here it goes unbelievable yeah. i'm a new guy i'll i'll drive judge to my private jet and fly to where he's going i think i'm selling i'm, I'm judge is gone i'm <laughs> give me that private jet I got one taste of the good life, and I'm not turning back.
0: Who knows that I wouldn't? Win, I might win the lottery tomorrow, and then just
1: buy my own private jet. Or you just get the private jet, and then invite Judge on it. I'm sure he'd go. <sighs> yeah,
0: but
1: everybody wants like... to be friends with somebody with a private jet, even if you're. That's true. Even if you're rich, I'd be sick. <laughs> <laughs> I'd
0: be such a sick guy. I'd be sick <laughs> if I had a private jet. Well, <laughs> nope. in Judge. Wow. Okay. See an economy, Ken.
1: Aaron Judge, if you can hear this, come on the pod. Mm-hmm. Matt's a big fan. Mets hot corner. I mean, we kind of already got a little hot about the trade deadline. I'm still mad about the Mets making a stupid move, which I'm not convinced wasn't just to screw over the Yankees.
0: Which is a very, very Mets thing. to yeah, do. Yeah, that's very Mets. Um, like, and I also love like I get the oh they can't trade him to the they can't trade Synegard to the Bronx because if the Yankees win the World Series, like that would be so bad. But like, like who cares? <laughs> but if the Yankees are trading, like we're give up like. Clint Frazier is a outfielder, like a starting outfielder in Major League Baseball right now. That, like, could help the Mets moving yeah. forward. And like, the Yankees have other prospects, but it's like, oh, we don't want to trade him to New York. We don't want to trade him to the Bronx because they might win the World Series with our guy. It's like, yeah, are you worried about yourself or are you worried about the Yankees? Like, it's just kind of. It's It's a very bad way to run your organization, but then again, we're talking about the Mets. It's weird that it
1: comes from the Mets brass, too, because there's a lot of Mets fans, and not all of them. We have a lot of friends who are Mets fans that are, you know, perfectly fine baseball fans, but then a lot of them are just, they care more about the Yankees losing than, like, the Mets winning. So it's weird that it comes from, like, the brass and the ownership and the GM also. Like, shout out Brody, I don't know what you're doing, but I have other friends, like, uh, my friend Jay's... You know, born and bred New Jersey for some reason is a Cardinals fan and just hates the Yankees because everybody loved the Yankees growing up around him. And now he's just kind of like the Mets; he cares more about the Yankees losing than the Cardinals winning. It's like we're not even in not alone, let alone in the same league. We're not even in the same division. Like I just yeah. I don't understand.
0: The Yankees haven't played. The Yankees and Mets haven't played a meaningful game in close to twenty years. Yeah. Since the World Series. And that's the basically meaningful game against each other. I'm sorry. Basically the only meaningful game that they've ever played against each other. Ever. And it will
1: only be the only meaningful game they'll ever play is in the World Series. And unless like both teams unless they happen to play each other at the end of September and both teams are on the brink of the playoffs which is never going to happen. Like it's only in the World Series and the Mets aren't going to probably not going to make the World Series they're probably not going to make the playoffs.
0: It's very similar to like the Jets and the Giants. Like and that's even maybe a bit of a more of a rivalry because they share the same building, but they don't play each other for every four years. And like, so Jet fans, like Jet fans that hate the Giants and Giant fans that hate the Jets, it's like, what? What are you talking about? Like, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and 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 like you you say that like there's some annoying Met fans, like there's also some annoying Yankee fans. Yeah, of like course, a lot of fans, most fans are probably pretty annoying. Yeah. But um, yeah, to me it's just like it's not. Like, are you trying to win? Are you trying to get better? Or are you just trying to be spiteful towards...
1: Yeah, that's um, what that's what I mean by the annoying... Like, every team is annoying fans. The Yankees probably more than most. Yankee fans are terrible. The the fact... Just when teams... Are like, when you care more about another team losing just out of spite than your own team... It's just like, why are you even watching this? Why are you even... In, why do you watch baseball? Yeah. To watch a team that you don't even play has nothing to do with your team lose. Like, it's just... It's very strange to me. Yeah. So, that'll take us to the, uh, Big Bastard Award, aimed for Aaron Judge, the biggest big bastard. Um, biggest big man move of the week, presented by Frozen French Bread Pizzas. Uh, generic, still looking for that sponsorship. <laughs> Episode 9, you think. If we don't get it by 15, might hang up the cleats. <laughs> it's tough. So, a couple options here. Uh, we talked about him a little bit already, but, um, the Sockman, Hank Talkman. So, in July, not that he had the, the biggest week, but, um, in July, he's got a 423 batting average and 750 slugging percentage. And just kind of a random stat here, there's only two other Yankees in the last 30 years that have had a month like that, above 420 batting average and above 700 slugging percentage. And it was Bernie in 2001 and Pauly in 1994. So for Talkman, I mean, any Yankee, that's, that's big, but for Talkman to put up those kind of numbers is, is pretty huge. So that's option one. Uh, second option, not a Yankee. I had to throw it out to him anyway. This is, seemed like a very CC move to me. Also a very this guy move. Uh, Puik uh, got traded, and a brawl starts up about 25 minutes later, Cincinnati versus the Pirates, and he just gets right in the middle of it, having people's back, pulling people off. Like, might have thrown a punch.
0: Yeah, it was a and brawl. Yeah it, was a,
1: yeah, it was a good brawl. It was a good scrap. But I respected that move a lot. You just got traded. These aren't your teammates. He already knew. It was mm-hmm. about half an hour later, and he still just kind of has their back. Hixie. Uh he hit that, that big bomb, the two-run bomb to make it 12-11 in the ninth of that that Wild Twins game we were talking about. Or the Yanks won 14-12 in the tenth, so he came up clutch, take the lead. Obviously, they gave up the lead, but then in the tenth, he makes that diving catch to end the game. So, like, back-to-back plays there in the ninth and the tenth. They were huge. Um, and Rowe. Two big home runs lately um, in the win against the Sox. He had a 446-foot bomb uh, to take the two-run lead. And then today, another two-run shot that was 411 feet against the D-backs uh, in the seventh that took the lead and kind of um, essentially won them the game. Uh, so two big home runs for him when the Yanks really needed it. So we got uh, the Sockman, we got Puig, Hicksy, and Romine.
0: Yeah, um, I'm not going to give it to Hicks because I just think I'm going to talk about Hicks later. Sure. Um, I-, I wanted to give it to uh, to, T- to Talkman, but I think I'll give it to Rowe just kind of out of a recency bias, even though Talkman had another really good game, really good game today. I think he had two or three hits, two-run home run, double with two outs, which led to the Rowe home run, uh, which had them take the lead he's a great outfielder um, people ask why is he getting a shot why is he up here over Clint Frazier and that's why he's just an incredible yeah. he's just a really really good outfielder that can play all three positions uh, they've plugged him in guardy's gotten hurt other guys need a day and he just kind of plugs in and like he might not play for four days but when he comes in he makes immediate immediate impact um, with the bat and the glove of recently which has been great but Row kind of on Sunday when the Yankees needed to win was it Sunday yeah on Sunday when the Yankees yeah. needed to win today when the Yankees needed to win stepped up he's um, got to be one of the best backup catchers in baseball yeah he's uh, great I I know it they say like when he starts playing every day his numbers start to dip so that's why they're trying to mix in him and Higgy but just gets big at bats and like doesn't try and do too much when he gets up at the plate like. Today, I mean, you said earlier before we started the podcast, they hit a 450 foot home run in Fenway. Yeah. You know, he, he got a hold of one today, but even when, even the little things he does where it's kind of like, there's a runner on third base and there's less than two outs and he just handles the bat well, hits a fly ball into right field, which leads to a run. So it's just kind of like situational hitting and getting big hits, which is kind of, he's just a vet, like that just gets things done. Similar, I mean, similar to Talkman, where it's just kind of like when they're in the game, they're going to impact the game any way they can. So uh, I'm going to give it to Row um, with Talkman being right there, but just Row with um, kind of a recency bias because I was Yanks have looked flat the past two days, and I got a little mm-hmm. fired up when uh, Rowe hit that bomb today.
1: Yeah, and talking about Talkman, I know you love defensive stats, Matt, just to show how awesome he's been, and like not that many innings played comparatively to. Other to starters, his just in the outfield, he's got eight defensive runs saved. And for context, that's like considered if you have 10, that's considered like a great season. Anything above over five is like above average. And it's like it adds up, it's kind of like war. So the more games you play, the more chance he has. So by the end of the season, he could be defensively having what they would consider like an amazing season. Mm-hmm. Um, for a guy that doesn't play every yeah, day, for a guy that doesn't play every day. So he's been a huge asset which I, there were a lot of times this season I didn't think I'd be saying that. I'm going to give it to Hicks because even though I wasn't watching because I fell asleep, um, those two plays, when I'm thinking about what it means to be a big bastard, it's that big home run in the ninth to put the Yanks on top when they really needed it, um, and then that huge catch, which was like one of the plays of the season. So, um you know, I I can see going with Romine also, but I'm, I got to give it to Hicksy just because that back to back kind of like bang bang in the yeah, ninth absolutely. and tenth. Not a Yankees, so we probably wouldn't give it to him. But honorable mention to Puig, that was really cool.
0: I also like the pitcher just like being on the mound talking shit to the Pirates bench and then going right at him, so, running um, at him. Yeah, whoever that guy was, I like that guy. <laughs>
1: So next category is What's Up with Paul, where we look at what's going on with Yankees organist Paul Cartier, dear friend of the podcast. Um, Dear friend. And uh, yeah, Paul tweeted today, 247, just as the rain was about to start. Screenshot of the rain clouds over at Jersey City and Hackensack and and wrote, I think we're about to get slammed. (laughs) Oh, he,
0: he didn't say, are you all right, Ken, over in Hoboken? I'm worried about you.
1: Weather guy, Paul Cartier, the coolest. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Uh, so the Toby Flenderson award for who's taken the shovel to Scranton metaphorically uh who's had the worst week. So uh two people here on this list you don't want to see on this list but um judge who was abysmal abysmal Boston. He was uh on on the week he is batting 077 on bases 111 is you know slugging percentage is 115 he's got 11 Ks but that most of that was in Boston where he went one for 19 with no walks and six Ks, just tough. And I mean, everybody has rough streaks. That's a really rough streak, especially for judge who's one of the best hitters and players in baseball. So you hate to see him, you know, kind of assume that he'll just kind of snap out of it and bounce back. Um, Especially when he listens to this podcast and finds out that Matt wouldn't trade him for a private jet, a little ego boost. Um, And the other one is Tanaka who in two games, most of this was also Boston, but in those two games, seven and a third pitched, uh, fourteen earned runs on seventeen hits and two home runs, and a lot of that came from that game, that first game in Boston, where he gave up twelve earned runs on twelve hits and two home runs and three and a third. He's looked a little shaky. Uh, he pitched today and they won. He gave up with two runs. Um,
0: yeah, but he only threw like four
1: innings. Yeah, um, so, so looked a little a little be shaky. So those are our two options for uh, worst week. Judge or Tanaka.
0: Yeah. So. Um, Judge, I think it, I just think it was poor timing where, cause he's been great for the past, mm-hmm. I don't know, three weeks to a month since he's been back. I know he started off a little slow, but when he got back after about a week of him getting back, he's just been fantastic. So I think it's just kind of like, that's all, like that's baseball, Susan. Um, hmm. so just kind of, kind of bad timing there. And I don't want to just point. I mean, Tanaka was awful. in in Boston, and wasn't great today. Um, I think he had 37 through 37 pitches in the fourth, and then the fifth gave up a bunch of runs. And when I say a bunch, I think he, him and Chad Green gave up a combined three. But I'm going to give it to not just Tanaka, the entire Yankee starting rotation. And to be honest, a lot of the bullpen too. I mean, in Minnesota and in Boston, like – I think they gave up 19 runs in uh, the first game against Boston. And so that's not just that's not just Tanaka there. He gave up 12, but there's seven more from the bullpen. I think that Roman gave up three. So maybe we take the big bastard award back from him because he gave up three coming out of the bullpen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just the entire pitching staff has just looked bad. Like even Chapman came in yeah. today with shaky... Kaneley's been good. Uh, Like I said, I'm sorry, I didn't see most of the Boston series, so I don't know if he was great there, but it's just kind of like.
1: It brings us to a conversation we were having, what was that, last night about why does Crazy Uncle Larry still have a job? Yeah. And I mean, maybe, obviously, we don't see what Larry Rothschild is doing behind the scenes. He even took the blame for after the Boston series. He said, This is on me to fix. But, like, it feels like this has been just kind of a story that happens over and over again where pitchers are just, you know, good pitchers are having trouble pitchers that are struggling on the Yankees go to other teams and have really good years. Like I have a Nova's one that pops up to my head, but it just seems that like, uh, Burnett, like it's obviously it was a while ago, but like, that's just something that that's happened over and over again with uh, crazy uncle Larry. And I don't I just don't really know what the, Relationship is that they're still holding on to him, and I we don't know anything about it, but yeah, uh,
0: I'm not. I, I don't, I, I tend to agree with you, but I don't, I can't give him all the blame. Where it's like, uh, yeah, it's a, it can be a mechanic thing, and they're trying to figure it out, but also like with this, with the pitching staff entirety, it's like, okay, they bring in a pitcher, they score a run, the Yanks score two runs, then they give three back, or they walk the first three guys in an inning. And so automatically the bases are loaded. The guy can't find the strike zone. It's just like, it's just a lot of like little things that you can just be better and fix where it's like, and I know st- stuff gets away with uh, gets away from pitchers sometimes, but like you can't walk the first guy. You can't continue to walk a, the first guy in an inning or like yeah. you walk a guy and then you give up a base hit and then you can't find the strike zone. It's like, it's just, it's, it can be a little frustrating to watch, um, and I mean that's not just for me. It's the Yankees as a, but it's frustrating for the Yankees players and coaches to uh, to watch as well. But I, I haven't lost faith in the in the entire pitching staff because there's a lot of talent there. It's just you, you hope that they figure it out. Yeah.
1: Uh, of the week, the winner of the week between our first option, which is Geo, who in five games in five sixty three. 1,000 uh, slugging percentage. He's got a home run. He's got four doubles. Uh, Gio continues to be the king. And then I've uh, talked about him a lot. Getting a lot of play on this pod. Rowe uh, only played in three games this week, but batting 500. His uh, just a slash line is 500, 545. His slugging percentage is uh, 1.2, and his OPS is 1.745, which is wild. And he had those two big home runs that we talked about. He had six RBIs. Did give up a few runs pitching, but at that point you can't really blame him for that. Uh, but yeah, those are two options: Gio or Roman.
0: Um, Both have been great. Gio just hits everything, catches everything. I already wow. talked about Romine. I'm going to throw on another one because I'm going to. I said earlier that I'm going to talk about him later. I'm giving it to Hicks, um, sure, just because of what he did in Minnesota, especially against his old team. Like it was an incredible win uh, that game two in the Minnesota series it probably would have been an even worse loss because it was, I think they were down like 8 9 They came back. They gave the lead back. They came back. They gave the lead back. They came back. And it looked like that ball that I think it was Kepler hit into the gap. Like, if that ball gets into the gap, the Yankees probably lose that mm-hmm. game. And after all that battling, they wind up losing. And then they already lost the, the first game in the series. So they lose the second one, heartbreaking fast. It's going to be tough to win that third one. Then they get swept. Then they go lose, and who knows how things would have went differently, but then they go lose the next three So in Boston. So that's losing basically six straight games. So Hicks, his bat, what it, his bat did to keep them in that game, yeah. and just what his bat did in that series against the team that gave up on it, basically. And then that catch he made was just incredible. Pot, arguably catch of the year, um, just with kind of the scenario and everything, and just. How fired up he got the team, and how fired up he was. It was just, it was awesome. So I'm giving it to yeah. Hicks.
1: Yeah, I got no problem with that. I I didn't include him because I was just looking at the last week, but we didn't do one last week, so mm-hmm. that didn't include the stats. Didn't include Minnesota because this week Hicks <laughs> is been great. two for nineteen with eight Ks. Yeah, um, that's but the story yeah. of a lot
0: of guys. But
1: yeah, um, if we're throwing Minnesota and Hicks had a big, big week, I'll probably give it a Geo just because. I mean, he just continues to get big hits. Four doubles in over five games, plus a home run. He just, yeah. yeah, he just, he hits everything. He a lot with everything. two outs and runners in yeah. scoring position. Yeah, he's been he's been pretty clutch. And that'll do it. Coming up, uh, obviously, this podcast is coming out Friday, so it'll be just in time for the Red Sox series in the Bronx. Friday, seven o five, Paxton versus uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. Not great. <laughs> I mean. Never know with Paxton, um, but uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, you know, his ERA's okay for 13, but he's only let up five earned runs over his last 19 innings, so five runs in three games, so he's pitched pretty well lately. Saturday, doubleheader. Um, the first one is Herman versus Sale. Sale has given up two earned runs over his last 12, so two earned runs of his last ten, uh, two games. Saturday will probably be a bullpen day. And then Sunday, 7 o'clock, is Hap versus Price, which is terrifying. But Price hasn't been great, just like Hap hasn't, and he's given up over his last three games. He pitched 14 innings and gave up 13 new runs.
0: Yeah, and he was throws an air on that game. Nice. Yikes. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> big Al. Yeah. Um, yeah, so a series that if you sweep, you pretty much bury the Red Sox. If you get swept, it's still probably okay. So even if you get swept, you're still up six, which you obviously don't want, but it's nice to have that kind of cushion.
0: Keep figuring out how to win games, and hopefully guys keep getting healthy.
1: That's right. And uh, Aaron Judge, come on the pod. Check out Matt's private jet.
0: Thanks, Aaron. Go Yanks. Everybody have a nice weekend.